Hey everyone, today we're in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 16. Here's what it says. Take a man's garment when he has put up security for a stranger, and hold it in pledge when he puts up security for foreigners. So this one's a little tough, but I um, hope that you will approach it with prayer and double-check me on these things here. But today Solomon seems to be giving us a lesson in discernment. He gives us a couple examples uh, about when to trust people and, and how to do that, maybe in degrees even, okay? So the first half of the verse says, Take a man's garment when he has put up security for a stranger. So let's say a neighbor comes to you and, and wants to borrow money for supposedly, not themselves, but a needy person who lives in town that they know. But you do not know this needy person. I mean, he's a stranger to you. And this needy person has no assets and no security, nothing to mortgage to you as the lender in order to receive a loan. So they had to get a, a cosigner. And that's where your friend, your neighbor, comes in and he asks for a loan for the man who needs it. And Solomon says to, to take your neighbor's garment as security. I think that was a common practice. It's interesting the culture that, that God established about things relating to lending and, and the poor. Here's what it says in Exodus 22, beginning with verse 25. God said this, If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor, you shall not be like a money lender to him, and you shall not exact interest from him. If ever you take your neighbor's cloak and pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. For that is his only covering, and it is his cloak for his body, and what else shall he sleep? And if he cries to me, I will hear, for I am compassionate. So in our verse today, Solomon says, Go ahead and take your neighbor's garment, by the way, who is not necessarily poor. In fact, he's the, the, the co-signer. He has an established credit in town. So go ahead and take his garment as collateral. That's not much, right, of a guarantee that he will pay. What if the needy person defaults on the loan? Your neighbor, the co-signer, will pay for it, right? But if your neighbor defaults also, you may only have a t-shirt to show for the money you loaned. But it's more likely that the borrower will be held accountable. After all, uh, though he's a stranger to you, he's not a stranger to your neighbor, and he's not a foreigner, so you and your neighbor can both locate him easily, most likely. Something else, and we just touched on it, but it seems the people of Israel had this family type of relationship. I mean, a special bond. For many, their houses were always open for food and shelter to other Israelites, and they shared this great history as a nation and being God's people. They were as brothers and sisters, and they were not to put extreme burdens on one another with things like big securities and, and interests. So a t-shirt for collateral, it was not a heavy burden, but it still showed that the lender expected accountability, and it kind of bonded them together in this agreement, uh, showing trust. And it also showed empathy for uh, this person's neighbor and for the needy person. So let's move on to the second half of the verse. 
and look at a little bit more about the discernment and lending. Now, let me go ahead and read the whole verse one more time. Take a man's garment when he has put up security for a stranger and hold it in pledge when he puts up security for foreigners. This is interesting to me, but just a note about the word foreigners, it can also be translated as an adulteress. And interestingly, Proverbs 27:13 is word for word the same as today's proverb, except today's proverb uses a masculine adjective in the Hebrew, where Proverbs 27:13 says an adulteress. And that's the only difference that I see. So the truth from today's proverb and Proverbs 27, 13, apply both to a foreigner and to an adulteress. And so that begs the question, what do both a foreigner and an adulteress have in common? Well, neither have uh, shown themselves to be trustworthy. They don't have a good credit history, do they? The adulteress has shown that so far she is not credible. And the foreigner has only his word which carries no weight, and maybe all you know about him is that there are no wanted, dead, or alive pictures of him posted in town. <laughs> I would not recommend including that in any loan request application form. So, in the case of a foreigner or an adulteress, more drastic accountability needs to be in place. And Solomon says to hold the garment in pledge. So... If the lender has the same garment, how does holding and pledge strengthen the agreement? And what does that really mean? Well, it could mean don't return the garment before sunset, as Exodus told the people to do in the case of the poor person, but to rather hold on to it here. But after I looked at some of the Strong's lexicon and a couple commentaries, I believe it's saying to hold your neighbor who is being risky in his borrowing, hold him to a more personal degree of accountability. And I think it has to do with being discerning with each individual alone, one-on-one, -on -one, looking at them individually, every situation. I think it could mean that the cosigner needs to give some collateral of himself for the lender uh, to hold in pledge, depending on how much is borrowed and how risky the loan is. So, in closing, I just want us to think about the spiritual application of this, at least uh, what it makes me think of, how we were all foreigners to God. We were strangers, even adulterous people who are forsaking God, our Creator, people who were separated from His fellowship. We were not trustworthy. And God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son so that we who were poor, and needy might have the greatest treasure in the universe, unsearchable riches and a full inheritance as his child forever. And the difference is we cannot pay back this debt. Jesus paid it for us, nor should we try to pay it back. Jesus paid it for us. It's impossible to pay back even if we wanted to. Even one cent's worth of the joy he's given us, we can't, we can't repay it. In fact, Jesus in Matthew 9, 13 says how it is. This is how it is. He said this, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And although we don't pay it back, Jesus paid it for us.
he changes our heart and he sets us in a different direction so that we love following him and growing in him the rest of our lives. Father God, thank you for this great gift, Lord, how you were the one who gives us riches when we were poor and you paid our debt back, Lord. And so now we're your children and we have an inheritance with you for eternity. We love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.